Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The month of June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action, and Bet Online is where you can find it. From basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Polina Edmonds, and today on the pod, I'm so excited to introduce a friend of mine. We competed together at JGP Belarus back in 2013. <laughs> Team USA, baby. <laughs> was a competitive ice dancer for Team USA in the last decade, and he retired from competition in 2019 and went head on into show skating. So we're going to find out a lot about show skating in this episode. Welcome, Joe. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Happy to be here. It's crazy to like, we, we were just talking about how long it's been. But like, yeah, I can't believe I've known you since 2013, JGP Bell. <laughs> right? I think that was also the so, first time we ever met. Yeah, it was the same. And that was the same for us. And I think Nathan Shen was also with us there. He it was. was. Like, it was the first time I think I met him. I met you. Um, it was like, yeah. Then now, just like seeing like your guys's like respective journeys, it's just like nuts to think that that's where I met you both. That's super crazy. I know it's. It was such a crazy team at that point. I remember it was a big. I feel like they were almost ten. Yeah. That competition. Yeah, there was Lorraine and Quinn were there, and uh, I was competing with Tori at the time that I was with you guys. So that was, yeah, that was like a solid eight, nine years ago. I'm trying to remember who else was there. (laughs) there It was a huge team. Oh, Max and Maddie. Maddie, you're right. Maddie Maddie Aaron, Max Settledge. She was there. So is Christina Zaitsev and her partner. Oh, and Ernie. Yeah, and um, Spencer. I remember Spencer was yes Spencer how I remember that oh my gosh glasses from the past oh my god I so vividly remember um the ladies in pairs finished first I think so me and Christina we were roommates and we went to the little market on the street and we got a ton of like random Belarusian candy and we put them in little baggies and then we gave them to Spencer and Nathan when they were done with their free program oh you guys were cute you know it's fun like I had that was such a fun experience like I remember too like Quinn Carpenter like like middle of the night just like wrote me and he's just like I made too many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and he like knocked on my hotel room door and just like dropped like a bag of them off and then he went off and like won the competition I was just it was such a fun like crazy first experience but he was such a sweetheart yeah it was it was a sweet team Sounds like Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's very, it's, it's very quintessentially him. That was like, I'm just going to give you a bag of sandwiches that I made with all of this energy that I have. Yes. <laughs> you know, you're putting it into a positive, positive thing yeah. at that point and sharing it. So I'm all about yeah, it. he's, he, he's total sweetie. <laughs> well, okay. So after you and Tori stopped skating together, you got with your partner Karina um, mm-hmm. and you guys were 
so amazing to watch, so creative and artistic always. Um, oh, thank you. Why did you both decide to retire in 2019? So it was interesting. We were kind of, so our final season, we were already like mostly out of money. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like we were basically like running on fumes and like we had a lot of really wonderful people who like donated time or like people that like I wrote IOUs to like we were like basically like skin of our teeth barely keeping skating financially and then we were in this place the next year was like okay can we do that again like that was it was so tough like I was whenever I wasn't skating I was working and trying to funnel that money in and even then I was still going to this like financial hold but like like out of nowhere we just got this email from casting at Cirque du Soleil and like the guy at first I thought it was fake so like I kind of ignored it because I didn't think it was real because I was just like yeah okay Cirque du Soleil emailed me (laughs) 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 and then like the next day like um one of our coaches was just like hey I heard like like somebody recommended you to Cirque did you get an email yet and I was like Oh, <laughs> like that was real. Okay, so wow. then like I, so we started uh, talking to this casting guy back and forth. His name's um, Andy. He was actually on the show with us, but also did casting. And yeah, we um, we had this choice, like where they offered us a contract, or we could turn it down and keep competing. And we were just like, let's run off and join the circus. <laughs> like we let's make some money. Yeah. Let's, yeah exactly like let's let's make some money let's like stop spending all of our money on skating because like that's literally what we were doing we had like I did not have yeah it was it was a time yeah um yeah and uh we basically a couple months later Karina graduated from college that same year so it was perfect timing um we moved to Montreal for a few months that's where I am now actually because I fell in love with it so I I came back and studying French here because it's an amazing city but um, yeah, we just never really looked back. We <laughs> we started the creation process for a new Cirque show in June of 2019. If you know me, you know I love ginger shots. Let me introduce you to this stellar product that I found. It's from Morningside Naturals, which is a small family-owned business. It's called Woodroot Tonic, and it's like a clovey, spicy ginger shot that doesn't sting. It's got chaga mushroom, cayenne pepper, apple cider vinegar, lemon, orange peel, ginger, cloves, and cinnamon. You take a one to two ounce shot in the morning to start your day, or you can do what I do, which is mix it in with some iced green tea, squeeze a little fresh lime juice in there. Mmm, such a dank drink. Some of the benefits of Woodroot Tonic? It boosts the immune system. It promotes a healthy digestive system. It reduces inflammation. It supports sinus health. If I'm ever feeling a little scratchy in my throat, I'll knock one of those shots down and immediately all my airways are clear. I really, really love this product. I super recommend you guys try it. Guys, say yes to 100% organic, vegan, premium ingredients, and no added sugars, GMOs, and gluten. It's all safely made here in the U.S. I've posted about them on my Instagram. You can check out their page. And if you do decide to order some Woodroot Tonic, use my code PE2021 at checkout. Very cool. So, like, how did you even get recommended for it in the first place? Like, do you know who pitched you guys? Yeah, so um, so casting reached out to a couple um, coaches, a couple choreographers. One of them was my uh, choreographer, Christopher Dean. Mm-hmm. Um, and Christopher was like, ooh, I have this team that 
is seemingly on the fence about retiring and you guys are looking for ice dancers. <laughs> like, and so he, he kind of just like, like said like these two might be interested because he, we didn't even know what we wanted to do at the time. Like we were still very much in that like competitive, like, cause we had also just come off of our best nationals we'd ever had. So we were just like, all right, do we like want to try and keep that momentum going? Like, do we want to see if we can get to a higher placement for a higher funding bracket? Like, do we want to keep working at this? And I wasn't sold. Like, it wasn't like they sent the email and I was like, boom, done. The easy decision. I was like, it was like, a solid like month of deliberation and lots of crying and eating ice cream and like not having any idea what we wanted from life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Classic, classic retirement was, but um, no. So it was Chris who put our, threw our name in the running, but he wasn't even sure that we wanted to. He was just like, I'll just give him the option. Like, I'll I'll just be like, these two might want to do this. So, and we were, um, I think at the time. Yeah. Yeah, he that was um that was Chris's recommendation. So we got we got a very very cool kind of once in the lifetime opportunity, and like it's funny because I know probably to a lot of people that would have seemed like a really obvious decision, but like I don't know if you you found it this way, but I think like I myself was kind of addicted to competing and the the ritual of training and like the 20 hour a week on ice, like 10 hours a week off ice schedule. Like it just, that was how I did life for like nine straight years. So I like, yeah. yeah so I, or, and I know lots of people did it way longer than that. So I mean, of course other people get it. It's just, yeah, it was, it was tough to break that cycle mentally. Yeah. I definitely think the initial decision is always so hard because you're in that comfort spot of, yeah, you were doing it for nine years. That's all kind of, you knew, skating in a way and so to transfer it to a new one feels scary because you really don't know what you're getting into it's brand new but once you cross that line oh oh, you cross that line magical magic (laughs) sparks flying like oh my god i'm never going back you're like wait this is actually so much more fun i know i feel bad because like 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 competing like obviously like you enjoy it or you wouldn't do it like mm-hmm. there's like and to, to be fair there isn't that it's like a very specific emotion finishing a program in front of a crowd and only getting to do that performance five times and doing it the way you've trained is like like one of the most validating and like singular experiences i think that you'll ever have and like that success is very special and it's not like i i definitely wouldn't trade that Mm-hmm. but would I go back <laughs> now that I know what life is like on the other side? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's funny. It definitely, it is so fulfilling to be in that competitive atmosphere and you're always pushing, you're always seeing what more you can accomplish. But yeah, like once you're out of that world and like you're still involved with skating in new ways, it, it's just like a new sense of fulfillment and enjoyment in a non-pressure field way and it's also like accepting your career and being like i'm good with that we're moving on we're doing new things and it's like yes you're still pushing you're still moving forward but in a different direction exactly i think that's um i think that's something like i i really like the way you put that that you're still pushing forward but in a new direction like that's exactly what i was afraid like oh my gosh am i gonna stop improving am i gonna lose this motivation I have artistically? Am I going to start to 
you know, like deteriorate as an artist, as an athlete? Like, if, if, are, are these things that I love going to be less because I'm not competing and not at all? Like, it was like, I, I don't think I've ever been, I don't know, like, it, it's just a feeling, but like, I've never felt better at skating or better at exploring artistry and like like I've never felt more creative than I do now and unrestrained and excited to do what I do like and it's in such like you said it's just like this not it's there's no pressure it's like you already know how to do it now you get to explore mm -hmm. there's no draining <laughs> it doesn't drain you at all it's like that that's what's beautiful about it and I think um you said also like making peace with where your career was at when you retire I think that's like a huge part of every skater any elite athlete really any art are like making peace with where you were at when you stopped because you know there's always more you can do there's there's always there's always gonna be more <laughs> so you just have to decide that it's enough and that there there's there's you're ready for something new definitely it's also I feel like with the whole, there's always more you can do. We as competitive skaters feel like we're making the biggest impact on both our career and also whoever's watching, all the fans, um, you know, any other types of opportunities. The biggest impact comes from how well you do competitively. Yeah. But that's not really true. And when you step away from competition, um, you realize that there's so, so much impact you can do in so many other ways that don't require the same strain of training, the same life dedication of sport. Um, nice. And in a way it can impact people even more because you're actually getting to know way more people other than the small competitive circle. Um, and you're getting, you know, in a lot of ways, if you're doing shows, you're seeing more kids mm -hmm. a lot of the times too. And they're actually interacting with you and it's not like some, idol figure that they're never going <laughs> to see. They're only seeing on Instagram. Um, yeah, it's just, there's so much that can happen. <laughs> right, and there are so many ways to define success. I feel like at least, uh, again, I don't, I, I never like to speak to anyone else's experience. I think I had been sold and also like had in my head a very narrow idea of what success would mean to me, which was like, okay, like I need to keep climbing in placement. I need to keep doing better and better and better and get more assignments and xyz higher funding but then um first of all like my own retirement and going to Cirque and then going to Dancing on Ice after that I've never like felt more fulfilled with my with my skating than I do now because it's all that I love and I, and I have so much more agency than I had when I was a competitive athlete I I can <laughs> it was so funny because they had us choreographing some of the stuff for our professional partners on Dancing on Ice and I realized I could just hold my partner off the ground for 15 seconds and I wouldn't get a minus one. I was like, Amy, you are starting on the ground <laughs> because you're allowed to. And I want to start, I want you to start with like aerobic leg lifts because we were doing like an 80s program. And I was just like, oh, I'm allowed to do anything. <laughs> it was just like, yeah. And I just feel like giddy when I, when I think about how unrestrained pro-life is and also just like not, not even just in mm -hmm. the, the show sense I mean obviously I can only speak to the show sense but you look at Elage Balde you look at Denali Fox like these these figure skaters who are doing their thing and they're doing it well and they're and like the audience they're reaching and the stories they're telling yeah. and like it's such like a meaningful way to utilize this art that we poured ourselves 
like all of ourselves into. And it's just, it's so heartening to see that like, there's something very tangible, very real, accessible definitions of success outside of Olympic success. Definitely. It's, it's really cool. It's also, we were just talking about this before we started recording, but for everyone listening, um, especially for competitive skaters, we get so stuck in this rut of like, this is, this is the highest level of skating. Like we've made it. We want to keep in the circle, whatever, but there's just so many ways that you can be so creative and reach even more people reach an even bigger audience, create so much more impact. So skaters like Alaj and Denali are, you know, they're breaking that kind of social norm circle of elite skating and they're they're making new ways to reach so many people and create so much impact. And so for show skating, it's such an incredible opportunity that um, competitive skaters can take as well as you know, more recreational skaters who are growing up, maybe they'll never reach Team USA, but you can definitely be on things like Disney on Ice. You can definitely join Holiday. You can be at, I remember when I went to an amusement park in my um, hometown, Great America, they had a little skating show. Yeah, yes. (laughs) It was so cool. And there's so many opportunities. And so for you to come be Team USA Ice Dancer, and now you were on Cirque du Soleil, you were on Dancing on Ice. Wow. Like, you can use this. <laughs> I never thought exactly like oh, I remember going to like a Cirque du Soleil show when I was 15 and just being like yeah, the name is just magic right like everybody knows it and so just like the, the that's of course why I thought the email was fake is because I was like there's no way like there's no way that someone like me with like the set of talents that I've decided to develop like seeing figure skating in the mainstream as often as we are now and of course that could just be my bubble and that the instagram algorithm knows my knows my shtick like they just know what i want to <laughs> see at this point but like really famous people are like reposting elage and like denali is like constantly like like i see it being everywhere like people friends of mine that have nothing to do with figure skating being like do you know who this is and like they'll send me a video of figure skating and i'm just like Ah, oh, amazing. Finally, like like artistic freedom yeah. and like creating new space and redefining what it means to be an artist in the public eye, but using figure skating, it's just like, it's just like, it, 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 there, there are no boundaries. And like, I feel like 10 years ago, I wouldn't have believed it. Like you said, now it's just like, like, yeah, suddenly I can use this, yeah. this, this ability that like Karina and I have, like worked so hard on developing all these years and like what I'm and I'm so fortunate that we kind of have the same artistic and professional goals because you know sometimes it's it's tough to keep a partnership together past retirement occasionally just because uh education family logistics like sometimes it just doesn't work out so I've been very fortunate to be able to skate with and to continue to skate with Karina because I feel like um we both have that same drive to explore what we can do together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's so cool to have such a unique skill set <laughs> from figure skating from all of your training years. And now you're applying it in a whole new way, a whole new career essentially, and having so much fun doing it. Um, Absolutely. I it. And I think, um, I don't know, something that I definitely want to, I don't know if it was like this for you, but I think definitely among, um, in certain competitive environments that I've been in and that I've trained in, show skating was treated like giving up. 
-hmm. like show skating was just like ah you failed at competition it's 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 time to go to show skating and i just want to emphasize that that is not the case you can grow as an athlete you can grow as an artist you can travel the world you can meet people it's like this incredible way to use a skill set without this very narrow perception of what success is and what like athletic merit looks like like it's it's so much more open and so much more free like it's quite the opposite of giving up you just get to expand exactly and it's also with that type of culture like you were saying i definitely related to that um like going into shows after it was more so of like you're either getting invited to a really prestigious show or if you're going to seek out show skating it's like oh like what happens so to speak but are you just gonna stop your skating career and go like start working a nine to five that's like every single other person in the world has to do that right but right. you have this, this incredible skill set you've worked on for nine years 10 years 15 years however long people have been skating nobody else can do that go use it go find yeah like might as well put that to work <laughs> yeah and then you're doing something that comes naturally and easily to to you that you're able to be super creative use that artistic vision you know create new spaces create new vision it's like so limitless and that's a career right there that's stuff that you can be earning money in absolutely same it's as somebody who's starting off in a nine to five you know like it's <laughs> exactly and i i think too it's let's say obviously like if if a nine to five is your dream or like if you want to go get an education if you want to start mm -hmm. doing that that's great and if you want to leave skating skating behind like that's completely fine like it's really just about i don't know like so <laughs> for me i um between the two of us, Karina was definitely the more competitive. I, like, I was always just like, I like to wear the outfit. I like to be in front of people. And she was always just like, she was like, so motivating. And so like, she she definitely like, was like, so, like, and I appreciate, I appreciate that about her, because I feel like it really inspired me to work hard every day like i was just like i want to do well like i want to do well in this competitive setting because i don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with like the desire to do well in competition i would never poo poo that or say that that's a bad thing like mm -hmm. if you have this desire to compete against other people and competition is for you that's great yeah and, and but karina also had this side of her that wanted to explore artistically too and now that that she and I both get to explore that too. Like it's fulfilling that side of things. It's like that exists for people who just love the performance. And like, if you're kind of meh about competition, there's another way. There's another world. Go <laughs> tap into it. There's another world out there. I know. I'm like, <laughs> absolutely. And what's funny is like, I say like, oh, Karina was uh, like, like all about competition, but she was the one really who also like talked me into running away and joining the circus. She was just like, let's go do this. Like, let's go explore a new side of our skating. Like she was the one who was just like, cause I was like, I don't know, I hate change. And she, yeah. <laughs> and she was just like, you'll be fine, we'll do it. It'll be great, you'll enjoy it. Just sign the, sign the dotted line and let's move <laughs> to Canada. It was like, okay. <laughs> like, like she, um, uh, I'm so like, I'm so appreciative of her cause I can be so wishy-washy. <laughs> that's awesome yeah no she's great it's, it's so nice too that you had a friend to go with so at least it's like all right i'm i know one person yeah. down, but at least they're with me like 
yeah, you have like a friend built in, which was great because I was like, it was like definitely first day of school walking into that cast. It was like, I, I could be wrong. I get this figure wrong constantly, so don't quote me on it. But like, I believe there were 21 different countries represented on our cast of 41 wow. people. So like we had a couple artists from Mexico, from Spain, a bunch from France, a bunch from Canada, but uh, one from Trinidad. It was like, it was incredible. Like, and just like, oh, I, I, I can't sell it enough. Like, I know I'm, I'm probably sounding like very flowery and, but like, true. No, it's, it sounds like a dream. It really is. It really it, and it was. Was it, was it um, the Cirque du Soleil, like full circus show and they brought you ice when you guys competed or I not competed performed or was it like a Cirque du Soleil skating? So it was, um, it was, our show was like a hybrid of, um, acrobatics and ice so that we had we traveled um to arenas that already had like an ice sheet and then the um okay. the riggers would like set up this stage it was beautiful it was like this set of led bars that were really easy to build up and take down but it would like change color and light and like the the lights of course were timed with the music and the environment would change based on the led set it was i think it was like kind of the the maiden voyage of that type of set for cirque but um, no, so we um, we did an act on ice, but also we we used some acrobatic rigging. Like there was a number with chains instead of ropes, and we would like wrap them around and like like our waists, and we'd like run really fast and swing from them over the audience. Like, and there was like another number with harnesses, and we'd get to fly, and like there was another number where there were bungee artists and they would come down from the ceiling and we would grab onto their feet and like slingshot them. And then sometimes we'd grab them and go up with them. Like we would like jump off the ground while holding onto their ankles and you'd come up like, like, like six or seven feet in the air, then slam oh them God. down and they'd like rocket to the ceiling. It was, oh, wow. It was fun. <laughs> it was wild. Yeah. So we're, like, what kind of, tricks did they want you to perform as ice dancers? Was it normal like ice dance stuff or were they yeah, creating so, acrobatic like crazy Cirque du Soleil stuff? Uh, so <laughs> because uh, Karina and I like when we, when we were competing we always like watched a bunch of videos and we worked with a couple circus coaches on our lift so we already had some kind of like quote-unquote circusy elements to bring. Mm -hmm. um, because the creation process was so short, it was really funny. Like we came with this, this drive to be like, let's learn everything. And like, let's, let's become real circus artists and do all this stuff. And then we get there and they're just like, oh, actually, um, we found this like video of you guys from like a couple of years ago and we love this lift. Can you do this lift? And it was just like, yeah. and we were like, oh yeah, yeah, we already know that one. Like, that's fine. <laughs> so we would just like, we would put that in, but we got to work with, um, Sam Schwinnard, who does uh, the uh, choreography for Ice Academy of Montreal, and he was commissioned to do the choreography for this show. And oh, Olaj Valde also, I think he was uh, Sam's assistant, so we got to work with him too. Oh my gosh, wow. they're incredible together, first of all. Love That's them both. Awesome. Uh, um, yeah, they basically just had us, they had us for our specific number, like our little step out, because we were there with two other couples. And like it was like a seven minute number and we each had our like two minute window. Um, it was basically just like what we did, but like our most acrobatic elements. So like gotcha. Uh, there was lots of adagio, there were a couple twists, and then they were just like and then there was like acrobatic ice dance loops. So you kind of got 
the pair side, the adagio side, and the dance side in that one number. And that was kind of why they were looking for ice dancers specifically, was to kind of um, mix up the kinds of pair, like the of duo skating that they had in the show. Yeah, makes sense. But, um, it's no secret that as athletes, we need a lot of protein to fuel ourselves during our workouts. One of the best sources of protein is meat. But where do you find the most sustainable and healthy meat? Why do just four companies control 80% of the U.S. meat industry? It's because big food crushes the little guy. Why are 97% of chickens served in the U.S. dipped in chlorine? It's simple, because big food doesn't have the same quality standards as the family farm. The best bacon, the best steak, the best chicken, and the best salmon you'll ever eat won't come from the grocery store. You'll only find it on the family farm or caught by independent Alaskan fishermen. That's why you need moinkbox.com. Join the Moink movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash believe right now, and listeners to this show get free bacon for a year with every box ordered. That's one year of the best bacon you'll ever taste, but for a limited time. Spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash believe. That's moinkbox.com slash believe. You got to know how to do... Like, like I had to clip somebody in for a flight. I had to learn how to swing from those chains. I had to learn how to slingshot the, the bungee people. I had to learn how to go up and like rig a thing for um, the flights with the harnesses. Like you, you learn a lot. Like it's not just like you come with your skill set and that's it. That's all you do. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. How many shows were there? Like what was the tour like? Or was oh, it, like, it just like, like per week? Yeah. So this is just in Montreal, right? Or did it no, no, no. So it was a traveling show. I, okay, cool. I cre- creation was here. Okay. And then we came back here in December, I think, for a two-week stint for the like the, the big premiere. There was like a soft opening mm-hmm. and then a grand opening, and the grand opening was in Montreal. But no, um, we did an arena tour that traveled every week. So every city, I was in a new, a new wow. hotel, a new city. Um, Amazing. Yeah, I lived out of two suitcases. I still actually am only living out of those suitcases. Nice. <laughs> like because COVID. A minimalist, um, you could say. Yeah, literally. Yeah. What's that? You said a minimalist, you could say. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, it's all part of the aesthetic. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I, I'm just a, I'm a wanderer. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> well, it's it's like it's a lot. Like I just. Like, I, I don't even remember half the cities I was in. It was so funny doing my taxes because, like, you have to list, like, all the states you worked in. I yeah. Go through my Instagram archives. Nice. To, like, find which ones I was in. I was like, I was in Nashville. That's so awesome. <laughs> like, it was, yeah. Baby. What's that? Did you fly to each location with the team or you was it like sometimes? Sometimes you got, like, you got driven on a bus. Uh, it was, like, mm-hmm. it was, like, a tour bus. And that felt more cool because it felt like being a rock star and you're just, like, kind of lounging in your seat and, like, yeah. somebody's playing guitar in the background, like, literally. And, <laughs> like, you're just, like, stopping at gas stations and walking in with, like, a bunch of, like, cir- like this crowd of circus artists and, uh, like, buying bugles at, like, some Conoco in, like, the middle of Ohio. <laughs> That's fire. It was great. I mean, I know I like I I loved that that touring life. It was so so much fun. Nice. What was the practice schedule like? Because ah. I would assume I would assume for especially for the gymnasts and acrobats, they probably have to be like obviously in great shape, rehearsing pretty regularly to keep everything consistent. Um, you know, getting enough sleep because the stuff you're doing is crazy. <laughs> 
It's that is an interesting question because actually I would say I probably practiced outside of a show context maximum like an hour and 15 minutes a week. The other times I was on stage and, and that was my practice. Like <laughs> that was our practice. You like yeah. you, you you get like uh, because there are so many people that need that stage for practice, like there are very specific, like they'll set it up, they'll set up like all the rigging, all of the aerial points, all of the, um, like the laser show and stuff like that, that'll be ready. But like, so many people need that ice stage to practice on that is like, all right, Paris, you have 20 minutes, and then you go and then like, all right, freestylers, 20 minutes, and then they'd be like, all right, single skaters, 20 minutes, and then you'd be done for the day. And that would happen two or three days a week. And then wow. the rest of the time you were on the stage for about two hours. And that was probably seven or eight shows on average a week. So most of your practice happened in front of a crowd, which was completely, completely different mindset. Took, takes you a minute to shift from competitive mindset to yeah, I'm, I'm in front of like 2000 people every time I practice. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's it's new, but it was I loved it. It was it would it wasn't like I had like a ton of like solo time to train with Karina. Like we never never got to go on the ice for like long periods of time, and our rink was really small. Like I would say less than like a third of like a traditional NHL size rink. Gotcha. That's so yeah. wild. Sounds so it, fun. It was weird. It, the, the the practice adjustment from twenty hours a week to one was like. The, it was an interesting adjustment for sure. <laughs> it's just so funny imagining like performing and that being the practice and you're just kind of going out and you're like, yeah, I wonder what, I wonder what we're going to happen, what's gonna happen yeah. today. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. You had like, there, like because of the setup of the stage, you didn't have like an immense amount of space to practice. So like you warmed up all your lifts on the ground, you, and then you skated for about Oh my gosh, too. And like the first number you like sprinted on stage. So it was like, so like you 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 skated for maybe a minute and then your your cue happens, curtain opens, and you're just like ah, out, out, out of the curtain. You're like, oh my god, my legs aren't under me today. It's like you discover that very fast every day, like where your body's at. It was um yeah. <laughs> it was new. Well, it sounds like a really great culture from that show in particular. So I know sometimes oh it can be like, it can be tricky with all the different personalities, but it sounds like that one was really good. Oh, that, that we, we had such a good cast. It was like, That's awesome. yeah, like we, we all got on super well. It was like everybody, like it really felt like everybody just like, that's another thing that I think I actually wanted to bring up about show life is just like it's so not about the individual even with the solo acts like because Karina and I weren't technically a solo act ourselves we were just a step out in a number of three pairs um but uh Jeremy Ten and um Miyu Nakashio Paul Wood um and Soyeon Park were all on the show with us as well and they did like us it was they're, they're they're all the best too but like that, like they had a solo number but like I'm pretty sure I again I don't speak for them but it was just like everybody just wanted the show to be as good as it could possibly be you wanted everyone around you to do well at everything and you wanted to help in any way you could because the show it, you're not going to get judged as an individual also that takes a little bit of the pressure off if you make a, a minor error if you stumble if you fall it's just like 
the audience moves on in two seconds. Yeah. It's not like, uh, oh, Joe Johnson fell. It's just like, oh, that dude in the purple outfit fell over, LOL, and then everybody moves on because there's more interesting things to look at than the yeah. guy who fell over. <laughs> it's like, 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 no, and like, that takes off so much pressure. So as far as like the, oh, like practicing in front of people, that's how you adjust is you're just like, oh, like I just want to do as well as I possibly can for the group. And if I don't make an error, it's not the end of the world because I get to do this again in two hours. <laughs> the, the whole number, exactly. It's just like- That's awesome. It's the collective. Yeah, it was, it was a very healing mindset going out in front of a crowd and just being like, I can relax. That's so awesome. So then this past year, you were on the 2021 season of Dancing on Ice, right? And your partner was Amy Tinkler. Yes. So like, how did you come across that opportunity? Uh, that was another thing that we just uh, heard about <laughs> through, uh, because Christopher's a judge on it. And he was just like, hey, there are, there are like openings this year. You guys should apply. And he's not a part of casting that I know of. And, like, so we had to like forward all of our applications to um, the producer and Gotcha. <laughs> what kind of applications? Is it like video yeah. audition? Okay. Yeah. So for us, we submitted um, some pro footage, um, some of our competitive videos instead of like a reel. I know like a lot of um, a lot of professional places like would like you to compile a, a reel of like your your best tricks of yourself in costume, how you conduct yourself. In this case, we needed to submit stuff of us on camera because there are a lot of talking head interviews. There's a lot of really important things that you have to do in like a TV setting that are kind of exclusive to the TV versus like a show like Cirque where it's just like a, a big stage show. Mm-hmm. Um, so they want to see yeah. basically specifically, how do you, are you nervous when you talk on camera? How do you interview? Um, stuff like that. Right. So sense. like if you've ever done like an interview with a local news station, you would send that in. Or if you ever did like your own, let's say you have your own podcast where you interview people. <laughs> 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 but like, yeah, yeah, it was like, yeah. you're all set. But like, like truly like anything that you think would help. And usually they'll ask for specifics too. Obviously you can send as much as you want. That's what we did. We just were like, all right, like let's send a couple of videos of our skating send a couple videos and like the deliberation took months like we were it wasn't like it, it wasn't like um as easy with Cirque when they were just like we want you guys because you're ice dancers and you fit the bill and here's like, like we we want to just give you this contract like with dancing on ice it took like all right you guys made it to the next round all right we'll let you know in a month and then so it definitely mm-hmm. wasn't a guarantee <laughs> um but yeah also you had the pandemic to grapple with even when we got accepted we were like I don't yeah. know if this is going to work because what if I'm not allowed out of the country because a new rule comes up and yeah, we can't True. because the border yeah. closes or Americans aren't allowed. Like, like you never know because that's what happened with Canada. Like, like it was, yeah, it was, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough to get around right now. So we were just like crossing our fingers and holding our breath for a while. But um, Usually it's mm-hmm. not that scary. <laughs> yeah. That's so, that's crazy. So when you got that official, like, acceptance invitation whatever that is what what was the process like for you Did you just like move out to what was it in London wait where was the so filming? the the studio is near London it's not in like London proper but um mm-hmm. because of the COVID measures and because all of the celebrities that were on the show lived in different parts of England 
I don't think they usually do it this way. I, I could be wrong. They might usually do it this way. But um, to respect the government rules, all of the professionals needed to go near to where their partners were to form a professional bubble. So I was up with, as you've already mentioned her name, Amy Tinkler. Um, I was up with her in a city called Billingham, which is near Durham, which is near the Scottish border. So like very up north. Whereas uh, Karina was training the other reserve, a guy named Matt down in London proper. So I think she actually lived in, in like the, the city limits of London. I could be wrong, but she lived like in London and I lived like way North. And that's where I lived for most of the contract. Makes sense. But usually I think you're near London. Yeah. So were you coming to the actual studio every week to perform or were you staying in your bubble? I was staying in the bubble during the show, especially like after we went in, like yeah. usually you just train and you only go down if you're called. Like and okay. because I was, uh, I was a reserve and I was training the reserve. We did most of our training in Billingham, but once um, there was unfortunately an injury and one of the other competitors had to bow out and we went in as a bubble. And so uh, Amy and I started living down south near the studio and would just go train uh, near or at the studio, whichever worked out with, like, wherever we were told to go, we just kind of went to train. And that actually, yeah. we got to train, like, two hours a day, five days a week. So it was, like, oh, cool. yeah, it was good. You need it because, of course, you're training someone who has been skating for two total months. Like, Yeah, wait, so that that's another question <laughs> I was going to ask. When they, how long... Um, does the training like before you guys start doing choreography and numbers happen for the actual participants? Because I'm betting that none of them have ever skated before, right? So they a lot have to of them have skates. not. <laughs> Most of them. Okay. A couple so months a before month. it airs. I'm again not sure on specifics of when the training starts, but it usually lasts between. Usually the training starts, I think, in October. At least that's when I think the pros usually get there. I'm not sure if the um, coaching period starts before that. Gotcha. But, um, yeah, it's uh, you are working with newbies, so you have to be. <laughs> you have to be pretty crazy. Yeah, it, it, and so basically, yeah, like I have like massive respect for the people who who agree to be on that show because skating is hard. <laughs> it's like learning it late in life is tough and but they show that it's not impossible it's like like that you can do all this crazy stuff and like learn these tricks like as long as you're in a safe environment to practice of course like yeah but yeah no i'm oh my gosh my amy i do love her she (laughs) she was she was the best it was so much fun like we, we because of covid we could only be around each other but um she was an amazing person to be in a bubble with. We watched like all the, like like Stick It and like a bunch of like gymnastics movies from like two thousands, like Ice Princess. Love. That. Oh, you know the, only the classics. Of course, that my favorite classic is probably. I mean, Ice Princess always gets me because I loved Hayden Panettiere back in that back in that show. <laughs> oh but... my gosh! Oh my gosh! I identified with the, the, the jumping <laughs> shrimp so much. I don't the know why, because I can't jump, because I'm really bad at jumping, but I don't know why I really imprinted on that character. <laughs> he was, I always thought the character with the, like, who would do the rock programs, and she had the spiky buns. I forgot her name. Oh, but... so I, I need to revisit Ice Princess again, yeah, as we all do. No, but I remember, 
I remember when I was older, I watched it and she does like a, a really good jump and she's like doing a great program. Like I was watching it and I was like, actually, if this was a competitive program, like this would do super well. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, there were good skaters. Like, in that who movie. is this girl? And I'm like, she has to be a nationals competitor. Like she probably is, but. Oh my gosh. And the really- main girl, her, she was from Gossip Girl. But the, the one who did the, the Ice Princess program, like at the end under a spotlight, like in the tiara, yes. like. Ugh. Yes. I've always yeah. wanted to compete under spot ever since. <laughs> I know. But I never got that opportunity. It's kind of like when you put little girls in ballet class and they think they're going to like wear tutus all the time and then they're just given a leotard. It's like, like, here's a black swimsuit and some white tights and tights enjoy. (laughs) It's like, this isn't what I signed up for. (laughs) You know? They're selling you the dream. I know, exactly. And I feel like sometimes, like, I, I feel like you need to disclaim, like, you don't get to wear the tutu all the time because I feel like that's a more honest approach. (laughs) to selling figure skating it's just like although to be fair like if I was like I I don't think there's anything wrong with wearing a tutu all the time I say go for it (laughs) same you know spotlights could get a little dangerous in the competitive setting but (laughs) oh my god yeah that wasn't like an official recommendation it was just like like a a one and done sort of thing like I would have loved to like try it once and just be like oh my god that was horrible like let's never do that again but like the the drama the drama would be the drama of it. Absolutely. <laughs> it's already intense. Even without the spotlight. I can't even imagine. Oh my God. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. But just like the one. It's like pitch black. You can't see the boards and smack. <laughs> you can't see the boards. You don't know where you are. You don't know where the judges. Who am I performing to? Exactly. Yeah. Also, like there were lots of like over the boot tights in that movie. Not that I'm like a, not a fan of the over the boot tights, but I don't know if that was the style during the 2000s. Was that the style during the 2000s? Again, not against over-the-boot tights. It's just, I feel there were like a lot of... I don't really think over-the-boot tights were ever really in style, were they? That's a definitive stance on over-the-boot tights. That might be too aggressive for me to speak. Yeah. <laughs> I take it back. Over-the-boot tights hive is going to be not pleased. <laughs> I honestly, I just remember because the, the white boot was like a Michelle Kwan thing. At least that's oh. what my coach would always tell me. He'd be like, oh, like the Michelle Kwan look, like you got to have the white boots. And I always did oh. over the boot when I was little. So at some point when I reached the age of like, you can do white boots now, it was like the Michelle Kwan moment. So I guess that's what I <gasps> Okay, yeah, it was like your metamorphosis. That was your that was your emerging from the, the cocoon with the Michelle Kwan boot. Exactly, oh, exactly. The queen. I could just watch her rollerblade all day. She's an icon. What can I say? She really is. <laughs> That's the undisputed queen. So how often were the rehearsals for the Dancing on Ice stuff? Uh, rehearsals was about 10 hours a week. And then as far as the pro stuff goes, and that's just, sorry. So the 10 hours a week was with your celebrity partner. Mm-hmm. And then there were usually, I think, like three hour rehearsals in blocks for like the professional numbers. Gotcha. That's awesome. Wow. So do you think you're going to do that show again in the future? Oh, I would not say no. <laughs> I loved it so much. I, it was my, I mean, I was like, oh, it's my favorite contract I ever did. I've done two. <laughs> but like, but, and it's honestly, like Cirque was super fun too. But like, uh, if Dancing on Ice, uh, if, if that becomes an option for me again this year, 
I've taken it a heartbeat. It was, it was a, it was a really fun show. That's so awesome. Well, for everyone listening, join pro skating because. Oh, please. <laughs> life's fun. You can make it. The grass is greener. <laughs> Not always. I, again, I was like competing's fun too. It's competing's good. Yes. But I can't. I can't sell show skating enough. Like it's so great. I love it. I love that culture. I love that we got to spotlight that on this episode. I hope that people are really interested in show skating and start um, doing some research into different shows that they want to join. If they if this sounds like something that could suit them. Um, but thank you so much, Joe, for sharing all Thanks of Thanks for that. having me. It was great to catch up. Yeah, it was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Please leave me a comment, leave me a review. I love hearing what you guys have to say. Follow me on my Instagram. That's where I'm promoting this. My username is at Paulina Edmonds. And please DM me if you have any requests for my podcast, any interview requests, or if you yourself would like to come on, you have a fun skating story that you'd like to share. I'm always looking for new voices to feature, so please reach out to me. And stay tuned for my future podcast episodes I release every Tuesday, and I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.